<clears throat> you ready? I'm ready. Blood in the streets is up to my ankles. This is Unparenting Radio, everybody. Hello. Hello. This is podcast number 309. Cool. And we're starting with a little Peace Frog. Best Doors song. Sweetie, what is Peace Frog? Is it the Best Doors song? To me, it is. Honestly, it's not a really great topic that Jim is singing about, right? I don't quite know. I've heard stories of what the song's about, yeah. but I really don't know. We I don't d- know for sure. I think which... it's about him uh, kind of impregnating a lot of different women around the country, but really? I, I could be wrong. So I don't know about that being the best Zen parenting theme, but <laughs> what I will say is that it is a good dance song. It's a ponytail flipper. I don't know what that means. Well, you know how you always make fun of me when I laugh because I go like this? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it makes You don't laugh like that. You dance like I that. I dance. So what Kathy's doing is this, like <laughs> pretend she's looking right at you and then she looks 90 degrees to right and then 90 degrees to the left. And her ponytail <laughs> flips back and forth. And that's when I know she's in a good mood because she does the ponytail flip and dance. Only then. Otherwise, Only I'm not. Then. Um, and the reason we played it is because we do this song before we press record to kind of get into the right state of mind, the right physiology. And Kathy says, you just start with that. It's just a great song. Maybe we're going to end with it. Who knows? Maybe. So this is Zen Parenting Radio. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And who doesn't want to feel outstanding? It's 80 degrees in Chicago. It is. This is why, I, this is so like said by everybody, but this is why we live in Chicago, right? Yeah. Because you go outside and it's so beautiful and everything is so green and it feels so good and so deserved. And if we lived in Hawaii or someplace where it's always nice, you don't get as happy when it's nice because it's <laughs> exactly. nice all the time. Chicago people become like really uber happy in the summer. And sadly, <laughs> the yang to that yin is February in Chicago. Interesting though, I like, it, and I think most people who live in the Midwest would say this, I love the four seasons. I love winter. I love it all except the month of February. February. This February wasn't so tough though, remember? I think it probably was pretty easy. You know what's helpful for everybody, for what? all of us Midwesterners? Next year, 2017, we are doing the Zen Parenting Conference in February. Yeah, is that it? February 25th yeah, it's the, through it's the, the 27th? Yeah, it's the last weekend in February. Um, and while 24th through the 26th. Tw- not 26th. Oh, no, 24th through the 25th. It's two days. Two it's days. It's Friday and Saturday. Yeah. And so for those of you who attended last year... Um, and you want to get this on your calendar. Um, it's those two days, Friday and Saturday, and we're going to announce things later on in the summer. Yes, we have huge announcements about this conference. You guys better get really excited. That's right, because it's going to be great. On today's show, <clears throat> we are going to talk about how you respond when other parents ask you how are your kids doing, and we feel obligated to go down a bullet point list of all these great things they're doing. Um, and we're going to get into that. Okay. Number two, um, we had one of our listeners write in and sadly he looks like he's separating from his wife mm-hmm. and it was about how he's kind of on the self-realization path and she chose not to join him. And I'm sure there's obviously multi-layers. But there's, we, there's two sides to that story for sure. Correct. But, but our, our communication is with him. And we talked a little bit about that. You and I have kind of had those discussions way back when right, and right. how we dealt with it. And then last but not least, a listener did not write a question. He wrote a story about something that happened to him 
regarding a daddy-daughter dance opportunity. And I think it's worth sharing. And actually, that's not last but not least, because I have something. Oh, and you have the gold stars. Yeah, I have something from a um, a show that I watched yesterday. But first, I accidentally stumbled across, if you guys, I don't know, I have a feeling I'm giving you a recipe for laughter. So if you're in a bad mood, I have an idea of how to make you laugh. And here it is. I accidentally pressed a button on my iPhone because <laughs> sometimes I re-listen to our podcast just to see how we sound, to see if it made sense. And I accidentally pressed a button and the button was to slow it down. Okay. Right. And real quick, before I even, because what I'm going to do is I'm going to play it for you and hopefully it'll make you laugh as much as it made Kathy and I laugh. And it's just a random part. Like I haven't chosen this part, but anyways, but real quick, if you are listening on your Android or your iPhone and you see that Zen Parenting picture come up on your phone, you can actually click that picture and it'll give you a summary of what we talk about in that episode. Not everybody knows that trick, okay? Okay. So anyways, this is Kathy and I, hopefully it comes through the mic real well because I'm actually holding my phone to the microphone. I'm gonna play it at normal speed and then I'm gonna speed it up and then I'm gonna slow it, slow it down. And this is Kathy and I from last week. Here we go. On today's show, um, I'm gonna share some a personal breakthrough, I don't want to call it a breakthrough, realization. An awareness. An awareness, um, <laughs> as it took place on Friday. Maybe we'll talk about cross-generational coalitions, because I've been trying to get to that for a few weeks. Maybe. And there's a few listeners' questions, and these listeners are so awesome, <laughs> but there's so many questions. <laughs> so many questions, so little time. Can I tell my story? Tell your story, sweetheart. So I have two stories. I have two, uh, I'll call them like kind of People Magazine stories. You love People Magazine. You know, the first one isn't really a People Magazine story. Okay, that's good. Okay, when he played that for me, I was driving. I mean, I, he, like he said, he's not playing any specific part. He can play any part. And, and it made funny. me laugh so hard because I was like, if anyone ever wanted to like party with us. That's what we that's sound what like. We sound like. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. So, you guys, if you really want to laugh at our podcast or anybody else's Anybody's podcast. podcast. It, yeah, it doesn't matter who it is. Just it's... put them on slow speed because they sound either really loaded or just so tired. A little slurry. Or a little slurry. <laughs> and it was just, we had really good laughs. Um, our first partner is Dr. Kelly from the Tree of Life Chiropractic Care. Happy, happy, healthy families by choice, not by chance. Um, consult Dr. Kelly. She'll give you initial chiropractic exam, x-rays, and a report for a really good deal. And she takes all insurance. So give her uh, uh, an email or a phone call. It's chirotree.com. Thank you, Dr. Kelly, for all your support and your partnership and your love. Um, do you want to start? Let's start with your thing, just so... So we get it out before get, we do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I want to make sure we so, do it. So, okay, yesterday I um, was kind of backtracking. I had never watched the Super Soul Sunday with Gretchen Rubin. Um, I know her books and I know her podcast and I know a lot of you who listen to our show really love what she does too. Um, she wrote The Happiness Project and she has a new book too that she was talking about on Super Soul Sunday. I think it's called Better Than Before. Um, so her focus is how to um, create habits mm -hmm. that allow us to be um, – create habits that 
tilt us towards happiness, and then they become kind of our autopilot responses. Like if we're conscious of the habits we want to create, then we don't have to be so hyper-conscious all the time of our choices. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like if you create certain habits, then you don't have to every day be like, what do I choose? There's no choice. It There's just no happens. There's no choice. You do it. Yeah. So I loved that. And she also has a lot of like, you know, uh, issues that she puts up front in her life. And anyway, I don't want to dive too far into the book. But one of the things she said that I was like, oh my gosh, that's so great for me. And I think for a lot of um, listeners, maybe more women than men, is one thing she realized about herself is she's, I think, either a Yale grad or a Harvard grad. She's kind of always had a good academic uh, background and has been- She's a smarty farty. She's a smarty, which usually when you find a smarty farty, it means that throughout their lifetime, they've been highly validated for what they bring in the classroom or the kind of jobs they sure. have, people like pat them on the back and yeah. say, good job, good job. Well, that can become not necessarily our habit, but we get used to that experience. And so when we end up doing, and I'm saying we, I didn't go to an Ivy League school, so I'm not really the we of that. But what I will join in with her is a lot of times we're seeking gold stars, mm-hmm. that we do something Validation. waiting for somebody to acknowledge what we've done. And she called it, you know, seeking the gold star. And Oprah was like, oh my gosh, me too. Yeah. Like some. And what I loved about that exchange was there was this something taken off my shoulders where I'm like, this is a normal experience that we all have. And what what I, I've recognized that in myself historically, not as much now, but there's still a tinge of it sometimes where I'm like, you want someone to acknowledge what you've done. And what what they talked about and what I completely agree with is instead of seeking that external validation of somebody saying, hey, you did this, good job, if it be schoolwork or your job or just cleaning the kitchen, you have to question why you're doing things in the first place. If you are doing things for the gold star, then you're probably going to be disappointed 50 to 75% of the time. Because? Because everybody's involved in their own life. They're not going to be given gold stars out because they're trying to get their own gold stars. They're trying to either get their own gold stars or just get through the day. And so to do things, to look at people and say, do you see me? Mm-hmm. Do you acknowledge me? It can work sometimes. And, and when it when I say work, I don't mean it's a manipulation, but it may happen that way sometimes. But if that is your only motivation, then it's an uphill battle. And what I realized is over time, I've realized this, is why am I cleaning the kitchen at night? Am I cleaning the kitchen at night so the girls come downstairs and say, wow, what a clean kitchen? And Todd says, oh my gosh, you're the best wife because you always clean the kitchen. Or am I cleaning the kitchen at night because I get a sense of peace by having everything put away and by starting the morning with a clean counter? I am not a clean freak. Todd will acknowledge that. I mean, I'm not. But there are pe- there in my house, and people who have been on the first floor the table, of my house the table, our dining room table, if that's got a whole bunch of crap on it, yes. you can't relax. I am in some ways a minimalist. Yeah. I want nothing on my tables. I want no tchotchkes. Mm-hmm. I want no artwork on my walls. And so many people will probably say, uh, what do you got? Yeah. I love photos. Yeah. I love sayings. Mm-hmm. Um, I love quotes. Simplicity. Simplicity. I want it clean and open. Mm-hmm. And that's how I like my – actually, our bedroom is not that way yet. We, we still have some work to do on working that bedroom. On We're working on it. But my point is, is going back to the gold star, if I am cleaning the kitchen and, and minimalizing – because I'm waiting for someone to give me a gold star, I'm going to be waiting every day. Yeah. So I had to start looking at things like I'm doing this for me. So it's almost like I'm giving myself the gold star and anything on top of that is icing. Yeah. If Todd happens to say, 
you know, because it's not like I'm the only one. You clean the kitchen sometimes too. Yeah. You put away the dishes or the laundry. You know, I'm putting away everyone's laundry and sometimes I'm like, what would they do if I wasn't yeah. doing laundry Hello. all the time? Hello. It doesn't just magically happen to arrive in your closet. Totally. But then there's part of me that's like, Kathy, the reason you do laundry is so on Tuesday, nobody's saying I don't have socks mm -hmm. because then that's be that becomes my problem. So really, I'm doing it for me. Trying to minimize the amount of headaches and problems that are going to come up through the week. Exactly. So I really liked, A, the acknowledgement that we're all seeking acknowledgement. Mm -hmm. You know, we're all seeking validation and there's nothing inherently wrong with that. It's part of being human, but we have to be conscious or self-aware of is that our constant directive? Is that what we're always going for? Because if so, then we're going to start to build up some resentment yeah. because I'm going to be like, wait, Todd thanked me on Tuesday, but it's Friday and he hasn't. And it's not your job. Or you could do what I used to do back in the early days of our marriage because you were the full-time mom and doing all the work and taking care of the babies and cleaning the house. And then one day I would magically like clean the house. Right. And I would say- Magically. <laughs> How about that house I just cleaned? How instead about of the inst house? instead of waiting for you to say, "Oh, thank you," I would I would beat you to the punch and say, "Acknowledge what I just did," even though you do it the other ninety nine percent of the time. And like you said, instead of waiting for me to acknowledge it, when maybe I don't, yeah. But that's because ninety nine percent of the time I'm cleaning it, so I don't feel as if I I owe that to you now. I'll step back from that and say, I believe in gratitude. So I don't think there's anything wrong right. with even if I do it 99% and you do it 1% with me saying thank you. I don't think that in any way lessens my position. Well, we've talked about this on the show before, but you have said you felt like I wasn't acknowledging some of your efforts in the household. Right. And what you chose to do through your wisdom was start thanking me for the small things that I started doing, which was like taking out the garbage. Right. So instead of you nagging and getting mad at me and saying, we got to have a talk, we the system isn't working, you politely started thanking me for the small things that I was doing, thereby role modeling what it was that you wanted back from me. That's the thing is it's really not, again, like, oh, a system to get acknowledgement. What it is, is a, it's a karmic thing. If you want something, put that out in the world. If you want something, give it away. If there's a way that you want to experience um, people, be that person. Yeah. It's like, it's so simple to me sometimes that I don't, I was hearing stories this morning from people about things that it's too long of a story, but where I don't understand how people think certain things are going to work. If you're going to use fear and if you're going to manipulate people, then what you're going to get back is fear and manipulation. Yeah. How do we not understand this, this cycle yet? How long do we have to live? How many movies do we have to see? How many songs do we have to write? We know this. Who you know? We know this. And so now, as this, the essence of this show, we know it. It's cognition. It's cognitive. We got to put it into practice. If we want validation and acknowledgement, we have to acknowledge and validate other people. Not necessarily, it, it may initially feel like I'm doing this only for me, but what you end up realizing is when you validate and acknowledge other people, it feels pretty darn good. Mm -hmm. Not because then you're, you're like, filling your own cup. You're filling yourself up. Being kind to someone makes you feel good. Being it's in, you know, in service of others even though you're like, I'm doing it, you know, for them, you end up feeling good. It's, it's a wonderful system. Yeah. <laughs> but simple. It's simple. And, and not enough people to, and us, I mean, we, we fall into the trap of, you know, vic being a victims, but you know, if we can just live by that rule, all of our lives would be much 
more simple and, and better. It is. And life is a constant wake up call, meaning that sometimes you think you got something. And then as we always say, it shows up in different pants, it ends up looking different. And yep. then you're like, wait, I shouldn't have to deal with this. I already dealt with this. Well, now you got to deal with this looking this way. And what Gretchen Rubin said last night on this Super Soul that was old, I think it was from last season, was acknowledge when you need a gold star. Don't be self-compassionate. Don't criticize yourself and say, oh, I'm so needy. I needed a gold star. So I'm going to start looking at the things I do differently and doing them for myself instead of for the validation. And then if the validation comes, then I take it in and appreciate it. Thank you, Gretchen Rubin. Thank you. And thank you, sweetie. You're welcome. So this came from one of our listeners. I'm not going to name his name, but it was a dad. Okay. This is what it says. My wife and I are parents to a son who is 12 and a daughter who is 15. It's a few paragraphs, so bear with me. Okay. We attended a bat mitzvah, not a bar mitzvah, sweetie. I got it, a bat. Both bar both, and bat. Both bar and bat. That's from 30 Rock. Um, <laughs> no, it's not. It's from Friends. Oh, really? Oh, you're right. It's uh-huh. Alec Baldwin Alec and Friends. Baldwin. Uh, this weekend of a girl from our neighborhood. At the reception, there was a photo slideshow of a little girl growing up and then a speech from her father. It was very emotional and making me feel nostalgic of the times when my own daughter was a little girl. I'm sure a lot of dads can relate to this. The MC then invited all the dads to dance with their daughters and it was the perfect opportunity for me to consider how I was feeling at that moment. I walked across the room to where my daughter sat with several of her friends and asked her if she'd dance with me and she said, no. no. I said, really? You don't want to dance with your dad? And despite her friends encouraging her to do it, she declined. I walked back to my seat feeling pretty sad. Yeah, I can I can relate, my, my brother. When I told my wife, her reaction was, what? She should dance with her dad. And I admit I felt the same way. Everyone else was doing it, so why not? But instead of confronting my daughter again and surely making the situation worse, I decided to leave it alone for a while and process it. Over the next hour or two, I decided that I should not force her to dance with me or make her feel badly for not wanting to. Sure, my feelings were hurt, but that's no reason for her to have to dance with me if for whatever reason she didn't want to. Maybe she was embarrassed. Whatever the reason was, that's good enough. So that night while hanging out, oh, before that, what are your thoughts so far, sweetie? Or do you want me to finish this last paragraph of yeah, how I would, it ended? Yeah, I would okay. do a synopsis. So that night while hanging out in her room, I started a conversation about it. I communicated to her that while I'd like to have danced with her and my feelings may have been hurt by her saying no, that's no reason for her to have to do it and that she never has to dance with, hug, or kiss unless she wanted to. And that includes your dad. She said, I know, but I still feel like me saying it was important. Um, so when she said, I know, mm-hmm. but the dad still feels like it was important for him to share that Thank with her. You. Mm-hmm. I'm still struggling with this a little. I realize we connect in other ways, like playing music together, cooking together and so on. But it still made me sad in that moment and even thinking back on it. But I think it was a right parenting, parenting decision. Thanks again for all your insights. So that's a wallop. And that's a really awesome story. And I want you to start. Well, I think it was an excellent parenting decision. I think that he... he ex- he explains just by the way he tells the story, he lets me know what the best choices are. He says, I was feeling nostalgic. Not you made me. It was right. my perfect opportunity to ask her to dance. It was his needs. He was feeling nostalgic. Therefore, he went over to his daughter and said, you need to accommodate my nostalgia. She is 15 and sitting with her friends. Now, he says other people were dancing, which I'm sure is true. 
but he also says her, her friends were encouraging her. Plus, her friends are sitting next to her, too, so they can't also be dancing with their dads at the same time. True. And encouraging is a very different thing when you're 15. I can envision. They may have been saying, go, yeah. go dance. Yeah. But they were really. And again, I was not there. I'm right. making You're things guessing. up here. But she, maybe the way she felt their encouragement was more like being made fun of. Yeah. Maybe she felt super uncomfortable or that their, her dad's nostalgia was too overwhelming yep. for her. Because sometimes when we go after, I'm putting that in quotes, go after our kids with, oh my gosh, I love you so much. It's too much for them. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean he shouldn't have asked her to dance or... He, because um, of course you go with your, you go with whatever feels right. But the fact that she said no and he allowed for that, it builds their connection. Exactly, because what I was going to say is he could have like kind of intuitively known that his daughter didn't want to dance, and maybe he never asked her in the first place, and that could plant a seed in her. Like, oh my god, my dad doesn't want to dance with me, even though she never wanted to. I know, isn't it crazy? Just being asked shows her that this my father loves me and before this becomes formulaic because people will say well how do i know just be real Mm -hmm. if you want to dance with your daughter ask her if she doesn't want to because she's being real in her place and time then she says not right now if you want to dance and she wants to dance then you dance instead of like ask her because she'll think this or i'll say no it doesn't need to become a formula just do what feels right now what i love about the story is because he was still having a bunch of feelings about it understandably Mm -hmm. he then that night in privacy meaning her friends weren't around and you know that all that emotion had kind of subsided he said he said to her I really did want to dance with you. Um, I'm sad we didn't, but I do want you to know that you don't ever have to do those things, especially if a man is asking you something. You don't have to do it. You don't have to feel socially obligated. Her answer was, I know, but that doesn't mean that she knows it at the depth of her being, meaning this opportunity offered her another reason to believe in her intuitive sense. You know what I mean? I do. Now, for those of you who are saying, oh, Kathy, just tell her to dance with her dad. Yeah, how big of a deal? How big of a deal is this? I understand, you guys, if that was my daughter, I, of course, would want her to dance with Todd. But we've got to practice what we preach here. The more we can be acknowledge what our needs are Mm -hmm. and getting all of our needs met, then we can recognize they may have the same kind of needs. And when those kind of things come together, meaning they both decide they want to dance, it's beautiful and it's real and it's connected. Anything else would be, I'm doing this for you. I don't want to do this. You're making me embarrassed. And is that what you want? Because if you do, force her. Like people who are listening saying, well, I'd force her. Go ahead. See how that works. See how that works, though. <laughs> it, it, over in a May that night work out okay, but maybe later on, your daughter's more a little bit like, ugh, dad, he's so annoying. Yeah. And that's then the kind of relationship you're creating rather than I respect you, I respect you, let's listen to each other. Because 15 is a short amount of time, Todd. Yeah. Because when she's 17 or 18, 19, 20, those things probably won't bother her in the least. Well, and like kind of you're indicating is that peer relationships when you're 15. I mean, my They're gosh, huge. your friends are so much more important in a way than your parents are. Yeah. You care more about what your parents think of you, of what your friends think of you than your parents. Because, you know, your most kids know their parents are going to love them anyway. So they cater to their kids. And it's a natural developmental experience, meaning they have to care 
they, they have you have to separate from your parents at some point. Yeah. Not separate like never want to live with them again, but you have to differentiate yourself. Right. That's just a, a an important part of becoming an adult. Right. The other thing I was going to say is love languages, which we've talked about on this show, which is a really important topic in my opinion. Uh, change. You know, I'm acts of service, but I think especially when a person is going through puberty, things change. My guess is her love language right now probably isn't physical touch, especially with her dad. Mm -hmm. So to this guy's point, he does other things. He cooks with her. And what are some of the other things? Cooking together, playing music together. Like that's how he connects. My, I have a daughter who I have yet to ever get a kiss from. And she, she likes hugs and she, she likes... She lets you... She's she's kissy. She's, no, she's She not. puts her head towards you. I try to kiss her. She leans her head down. Right. So, but she allows for that right. connection. Right. But have I ever received a kiss from her? Um, I, I can't know. remember one. Okay. And... When she was little. Probably. Am I... Yeah, probably when she was little. Does that suck for me? Yeah, it does because I'm also physical touch. And... But for her, it's not. She wants me to read with her at night. She, and she wants you to lay by her and mm -hmm. hug her. Quality there are time. different ways. So my challenge to, or my invitation to everybody listening is you're the parent. So you got to get creative and figure out how you're going to connect with your son or your daughter. If physical touch isn't going to work, then figure another one of the languages out, whether it's physical touch or acts of service or words of affirmation or quality time or gifts figure it out. Don't wait for them to make a move because it's our responsibility as parents to do it, not theirs. Well, and it's our, we have to be conscious and mindful and aware of what their interests are because they're constantly changing. So again, it's that idea of thinking, well, at 10, they wanted to do this. At 10, she wanted to go fishing with me. Why is she not going fishing with me at 15? Because she's growing and changing. Yeah. She may want to fish with you at 20, yeah. but right now at 15, she doesn't. And that's okay. She doesn't need to cater to your needs because you are the adult. She needs to be respectful. Mm -hmm. Like, again, parents, this is not, I'm not saying that the, um, you know, it becomes all about her needs are getting met continuously and always. Um, what I mean is we can be thoughtful about mm -hmm. what her needs are. And, you know, I wrote back to this guy, actually, you may have too. But what I said is cooking and, and you know, having these other experiences with her, those are your dances right now. Yeah. So I know you wanted the moment, that nostalgic moment that a lot of dads and moms love. But just because you didn't get that moment doesn't mean those moments aren't existing in other types of experiences with her yep. because she right now again for now feels more comfortable doing these other things with you um so you know that's i think it, it, what i said to him in the email was i think you did great i thought he rocked it out because he also acknowledged his own feelings and came back and talked to her mm -hmm. about how he felt so he didn't have a resentment built up yep. there was no passive aggressive right. you made me embarrassed i he went to her and said, this is what I really wanted well, to do. And it required some vulnerability from this it father. Did. It like, did. hey, my feelings were hurt. And, and the tricky part is to be able to do that without making them feel guilty or shameful. You can express your feelings. It's tricky without guilt. If, How do you do that? If he would have gone in and said, my feelings were hurt, you should have danced with me. Yeah. 
that's shame. Yeah. If it's, you know, that was a tough experience for me because I really wanted to dance with you and I realized you didn't and I really had to deal with that mm-hmm. feeling. But I'm so, as he continued going on, I'm so glad mm-hmm. you know yeah. that you don't have to do A, B, or C. And she said, I know. And he said, okay, I love you. Well, and that's, So there's no shame in that. And that's the most powerful part of the whole story is that, hey, man, if you don't want to dance with a boy, don't dance with her. You don't want to kiss a boy, don't kiss him. You don't want to hug a boy, you know, like... These are the foundational ideas that get stuck in our brain, our kids' brains in a good way that will be life lessons for when she's 20 or 25 or 30 or wherever. And then it's just in them. It's not like a lecture you have to give them. It's they innate. experienced it in life. So it's like, you know, kids who, I'll give you an example, kids who grow up with meditation. Mm-hmm. Their parents meditate. Maybe they meditate or maybe they don't, but they just know it in their house. They know it in their home. It's normal. You don't have to then give them a big lecture about why meditation is helpful. They know that it's normal yeah. to them. That's anything else. You know, that's that's this kind of experience is that this girl will know, A, that her dad is willing to listen to her and respect her needs. Yep. That's the most important and connect with her in creative ways that they both agree to. Yep. I don't, I see no yeah. problem in so that. How do you write that out? Mm-hmm. Um, so can we move on? Sure. Awesome. Uh, so our second partner is Dr. John J. Kelly, dentistry, comprehensive dentistry in the Chicagoland area. If you uh, have a mouth with teeth, then John Kelly's your guy. If <laughs> you have no teeth, don't call J- Dr. Kelly. Your dad doesn't have any teeth. So he doesn't need to see Dr. Kelly anymore. Right. I think, uh, I don't he know. He used to. Oh, yeah. He used to, yes, he used to go see John Kelly all the time. <laughs> so it's chicagodentistonline.com. He's an amazing dentist, but he's an even more amazing man. Yes, this is true. Uh, so next topic. For, uh, we didn't talk about the next generation thing. Okay. So we're part of this. I don't know if I'm going to do a good job of explaining It's it. called Education Next Generation. And the website, where we probably in the show notes, I'll include a direct link, but it's ednextgen.com, E-D-N-E-X-T-Gen.com. What is it? It is a conference, a virtual conference where parents and educators blaze a new tra- trail. There's 25 experts that discuss social, emotional learning and mindfulness. And we got interviewed by this awesome couple, Cecilia and Jason. Jason. And ours comes today, actually. No, Tuesday. Oh, yes, because this comes out May Tuesday. 24th. Yes. So um, we had a really great discussion with them. And there's 25 other experts on this. And we res- we don't know all of them, but some of them we really, really respect. So um, just, just a really good resource well, and for it you. Just, it is. And it's and I like their... They actually used to teach preschool together. So they're education-minded people, but they recognize how this is all-encompassing, how you know social-emotional and mindfulness, how we need it in the schools, how we need it in the homes. And when I say need, what I mean is it becoming more normalized rather than something that's like, we know now that this is not... That it, it helps children. Yep. It helps parents. It helps... And so how do we make this the norm? not only in our school system and in our teachers, but with our parents and with the kids. So all of these experts have some kind of focus. Um, and we, what did we end up talking about mostly, Who knows? Todd? We, we went all over the place, but ours was obviously more about parenting. Um, but we did talk about the schools a little bit. It's a five-day conference. If you happen to be listening to this after it's over, it starts on May 23rd, which was yesterday, and it goes through May 27th. But you can also sign up to get the replays, and I think there's some fees involved with that. But it's free if you get on right now. now. Yeah. 
Um, so it's ednextgen.com and the link will also be on our show notes to this podcast. So we encourage you. It's a really great resource for you. So that's the deal. Um, next, um, we got an email from a listener that is separating and is I think going to get a divorce. And he said that he's moving in a path towards self-realization and his wife chose not to join him on this journey. And there's a lot of divorces that have, you know, supposedly half the marriages out there end up in divorces. We have friends who mm-hmm. have gotten divorced. And, um, but just the concept of, you know, my partner is not on this path with me. I think that you and I want to have a brief discussion about it. We actually did a whole show on this and it was called quit pushing self-help on your partner. Mm-hmm. And that's on parentingradio.com slash 84, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. So that was in our second year. But, um, I wanted to talk about it because Kathy kind of got on the spiritual path when she was like six years old. Mm-hmm. I jumped, I kind of jumped on her bandwagon in our thirties mm-hmm. and you started seeing these experts and these body workers. And there was even a time when I actually made fun of you early on because you were kind of going in this different direction that probably scared me a little bit. Mm-hmm. But thankfully, you kind of just went on your own journey and you never said, Todd, I need you to come with me if we're going to grow together. So I just wonder what thoughts you have. Well, a few things to back up on that. There's all these like elements that are very specific to our relationship, which is that you and I, when you and I met when we were like 20 or 21, I was already doing these things. So when I fell in love with you or we became friends, I loved you. I wasn't like... I love what Todd does, or I love I you and you liked me. I loved you. You loved me. Took me about six <laughs> years to say it out loud, but I got there. You got there. We're there. Um, but and you knew these things about me. So by the time things and maybe they didn't have words yet, where I wasn't like saying, "Oh, I'm I do mindfulness or consciousness," but you knew me. And so when I started doing things like, "Oh, I'm going to work with an energy coach," or I read these books, you weren't like deal breaker. You were, it really wasn't that crazy to you, right? It was kind of like, you didn't know it all. I didn't care as long as you don't push that onto me. Correct. And that was the biggest thing is I had always been doing this on my own anyway. Mm -hmm. So I didn't feel like it was a couplehood thing. I, what I told Todd, because he said he wanted to talk about this on the show, my fear was never about you and I not working out because of this, because I knew that the whole self-realization thing was only going to make me better for you. But what I was most worried about is that I was going to go live on a mountain somewhere and like ditch everybody. I was really worried about this because I was getting so deep into this place that I was like, oh no, how do I become a suburb? How do I stay a suburban mom with all this realization? And the truth is, of course I can, but that was, I hadn't gone full circle with it. It was just a fear-based place to be. But what is difficult, Todd, is there. that's the thing about our situation is I didn't push you. I accepted who you were. You accepted who I was. It wasn't a new thing. And you, because you give me a lot of credit, like you never pushed it on me. That's why it's okay. The other piece of the puzzle is you never said, stop doing it. No. And I think that's what I hear from a lot of couples that struggle with this. It scares them. And so when they have a partner who is really kind of starting to do some different things and use jargon and use, um, you know, they're going into meditation and they're going into groups that are kind of 
interesting. And I did some interesting weird groups. Yeah, you did. Um, but that's all part of a, and again, even saying that's all part of the journey sounds jargony. What I mean is it's just all part of the process. You got to go sometimes to some interesting places. So you kind of figure out where you're going to be. And you were like, okay, go do what, what makes you feel good. And that's not always easy for the other partner, if it be the male or the female. No. And, you know, part of my personality is always, whether it's about parenting or energy work or religion, I just don't like anybody telling me that this is the way I have to do it. Right. Because you never did that. If you did do that, I'd be like, we got to have some serious talks. Yeah, you got to slow down. Slow down. Um, And you never did that. So, I mean, maybe we just kind of got lucky or maybe we, you know, we just, we came together for a reason, obviously, but it would have been challenging if I would have continued to make fun of you, which I I did, like, I think the first time you went and visited what you called an energy worker. And I said to you the first (laughs) night, do you feel more energized? And I was being a smart aleck. You said you got more energy now? Yeah. And you could have taken that and been very offended saying, you're not supporting me, but you kind of let that go. And that's the piece that I'm talking about is I had already, I had been doing these things for so long that I could laugh that off. I didn't take it as a personal slight because I understood exactly how you felt. You know, that's the thing. What I'm witnessing now with a lot of people, and I think Todd could say the same, and and I don't mean right now in this place in time, I mean over the last 10 years, is people find a book or they find a thing and all of a sudden they jump in with both feet and they criticize everything else and they say, this is the only way to be. And unless you're going to use this language and meditate every day and do yoga every day and talk like this and only be conscious, then I have no need for you. Mm -hmm. And what I always say to Todd is I get a visual of them in a circle and they're only about halfway there. And what I mean by that is I don't mean I really know what's going on with them. But once you get once you go through a lot of these experiences, you realize that it's all the same yep. and that we're all connected and that it's all love and there's not a lot of judgment and you know judgment comes up because we're human but you recognize that for for me for example of course I don't need to be on a mountain I can be here in my house in Elmhurst Illinois and be just as conscious and mindful and not have to go be somewhere and dress a certain way did to Michael, demonstrate that did, I'm doing that did Michael Singer help you with that absolutely who's Michael Singer he wrote the untethered soul and what did he say to Oprah I don't remember. It was in that interview. And oh, yes, yes. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You well, say Well, I it. think it was something to the effect of he had done that. He went and lived in an ashram because he thought that's the only way to be fully self-realized or to have pure consciousness. And he's like, you could do it sitting at your kitchen table. And I remember watching that with you. This is probably five years ago and like crying mm-hmm. because even though I never really thought I was going to leave, it was never like a really big plan. It it spoke to a fear in me of, I thought, if I continue on this path of being conscious, you're going to spin off this I'm planet. I'm going to spin off this planet. Like Ari. Um, no, who was that? <laughs> Gary, was Busey. Gary Busey. Um, I really was so worried about spinning off the planet. And once I realized that I don't need to go anywhere and it's not about being in a place and it's not about wearing the right clothes and it's not about saying the right words, it's just about being a loving human being. And I kind of feel like when people are in that place of they're spouting a lot of stuff at me, I think it's good because it is a, it, they're going they're going into a good place, meaning yeah. they're trying to research themselves and that's good. But 
I recognize that once they're judging other people and deciding they're closed off to other people and that only they know, they're not quite through the cycle yet. Yeah. And when I say cycle, it's continuous mm. because yeah, it, never it never ends. And there's a part of me when I'm like, I just want to read enough books where I don't have to worry anymore. <laughs> And there's honestly a part of me, like if I can just read this one more book and understand mindfulness and appreciating the moment and not sweating the small stuff, then I will have gotten it. There's plenty of moments in my day where I believe that, but then there's the aha, I was like, dude, you're never going to be done. Never. So quit thinking that you are. And as one of my teachers always said to me, once you're done, you're dead. Mm -hmm. Like the whole thing of being done is that there's nothing more to learn. Or when you're done to your point, you start over at the beginning yes. from where you began. And then what happens is the same crap shows up in different pants. Mm -hmm. And so like some of the things that I've been crying about lately with Todd, I was crying about seven years ago. And it makes me laugh at myself too. But what I've realized is I, I am human. And every time Time I try and think I'm greater than human, like, oh, I'm so conscious and mindful. These things don't bother me. That's when humor is beautiful mm -hmm. because I'm like, you know what? You, you don't, you can't read so many books and meditate so much and do so much yoga that you then don't have issues. Right. What you can do is lessen the degree of the issues and become more conscious of the issues and not allow the issues to become your behavior. Because I have feelings sometimes that I don't like and what I've been able to recognize, and Todd's been really helpful because he listens to me, is the more I understand them and look at them and acknowledge that I feel them, then I don't react from them. Then I don't go to this person and like give them a piece of my mind because I think they're deserving, I realize it all comes from me. Mm -hmm. And the more I can allow that to be, you know, like not judge it and just say, well, that's just a part, that's just where I am right now. But I am, I'm going to be conscious enough to know that love is always the answer. And I'm not going to act unloving toward this person, but I am going to work on my feelings and acknowledge like the thing I talked about at this, the very beginning, the gold star. That was such a good experience for me. Have I heard that a million times before? Yes. Mm. Have I read books about this? Yes. But hearing it in a different way, why are you cleaning the kitchen? And then like, it's like, it's constantly, like we always say, it's an onion. Layers and layers but what and layers. about when you don't like, what about when you're cleaning the kitchen and it's not that important for things to be clean. You're just doing it because you have to do it and it sucks. You know, like what about the action that has no um, appreciation for the act itself? It's just something you have to get done. Well, my new thing with that is if I really have to do something, because my example of that is the grocery store, mm. then I save my favorite podcast for the grocery store. So you, you talked about this with Tony Robbins, add a good thing to your bad thing. Yeah. You know, add something to it where a lot of times in the kitchen, I will say to all of you, my children and, and Todd, I'm in the kitchen cleaning, so you guys go away. And Ooh. I say that with love. But I'm, I want to listen to my podcast so I can enjoy this experience. Yeah. When I'm doing laundry, folding clothes, I'll watch a Super Soul Sunday, you yeah. know. When attach I, a positive I attach thing a positive. with so, something that sucks. Because, you guys, we got to do those things. There's a lot of things that sucks out there. They, there's a lot of things we wouldn't choose to first do. to do, but not doing them causes more harm because I'm just using this as a metaphor. Then the kids don't have socks. Yeah. Then the and, and again, this we could take this even further. Yeah, sometimes we don't want to go to work, but mm. then we don't pay our bills. Right. There's 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 things we must do 
to create our reality. Yeah. And then if everything isn't working, if you're like, I don't like any part of my reality, then we start to make changes that slowly make other changes. But we don't do it all in one night. Right. It's slow shifts. Yeah. And that's consciousness. That's what it means to be self-aware. Self-awareness is not I do everything right. Self-awareness is I see what I'm doing and I make choices based on what I notice. But to not be human is impossible. That's right. Because I'm pretty human, Todd. We all are. Um, real quick, quoting our good friend Khalil Gibran, our Lebanese friend. Mm -hmm. um, this is from his poem on marriage. Mm -hmm. Just a quick clip. Fill each other's cup, but drink not from one cup. Give one another of your bread, but not eat from the same loaf. Sing and dance together and be joyous, but let each one of you be alone. Yes, and I actually was just talking to Todd about some work things last week, and the way that I was able to explain it to him, and I think he liked this because it made sense, was the other part of on marriage is we're both pillars, mm -hmm. and we hold the house up, yep. and I said, I feel like my pillar... I'm feeling pushed, like my pillar. What what does it say? And about stand it? together, yet not too near together, for the pillars of the temple stand apart. Yes. And the oak tree and the cypress grow not in each other's shadow. And I felt like our shadows were becoming a little merged, mm -hmm. and my pillar. Why? I didn't have why on earth would you think that? Is it because I basically copied my tribe men's group after your women's circle, and because? You asked me to be on a podcast of parenting and because how else do I steal all your thunder? Yoga. Yoga. I started doing yoga because you started doing it. And you're a coach? I'm a life coach and you were a parent coach, whatever, 10 years ago. You want to do presentations? And I want to do presentations. And these are all things. These are, this is your pillar. And my pillar has been nudging into your direction Which for quite some time. I, from every one of those things, I'm excited about and supportive of. But what I said to Todd is I still got to have something of my own. If we merge everything, my pillar is not as strong. Hmm. I have to have my writing. I have to have, you know, my teaching. Mm. I have to, ha and those are things. And then, you know, the conference, Todd, Todd and I do the conference together, but I need to know that final decisions are, you know. You're the boss, you're the CEO. And those are things that then everything else is great. Then the show can be ours and our presentations can be ours and we can be in ours, but I have to have my own. Well, and I wonder, because you and I have kind of, not very normal vocations and right. that we work together. Like, I wonder if this is really a problem for most. I know, sure, it's a challenge for some, but my guess is the separateness is, is they're probably too separate. Possibly. You know what I mean? Possibly. You and I are so merged mm. that we have to create a separateness. And a lot of couples are so separate, they, they need have to, to find a merge. Yeah, find the common ground. And, you know, and, and again, it's not even that perfect all the time, meaning some things you're too merged and some things you're too separate. Yeah. So there is no, like, perfect scenario, but I can feel... I always say to Todd, I, the visual I give him is me pushing back, like not just on him, but around other people too, where I'm like, I'm feeling too in, in uh, I don't have my space, yeah. you know, um, I felt that way as a mom. Mm -hmm. That's what I started writing about. I lost my own space. And that doesn't mean I don't want to be a mom. It means how do I get some of that space back so I can be a good mom? And to your point, I want you to do all these things because I think you were born to do all these things. You're really good at them. Thanks, sweetie. Um, so it's not about stop doing them. It's about how do we Figure do this, this and I keep my space and you keep yours so our pillars can be strong. Yeah. And I also have, I tell him I have my dad in my head because 
my dad raised two daughters and one thing growing up that I never 77 years young. Yes, he was 77 this weekend. He ne- I never thought there was some there was anything I couldn't do. My dad was very one of those guys like you guys do whatever you want. There was no gender inequality in my house. Um and he would always say have your own thing, have your own thing. And that rings in my head like I I always want to have my own thing, whatever that means, not to separate from you, but to make me stronger for you. And what's interesting is it's like that with some things, but like when it came to money, which is not something that you worry too much right. about, like I said, should we merge, should we have one checking account and we got married? You're like, oh yeah, sure. That's sure. not a problem. Not a problem. But with these other things, like, so it's weird. Like there's no formula. Like a person is going to view different parts of their Correct. life set differently. And that's what I mean about when you were saying some people are too separate, some people are, are too, yeah. you know, merged. It's, it's not always pretty. Mm-hmm. Meaning some ways, like in, as there's some things that we're way too merged on and, and too separate on in every relationship. Everybody listening to this, are they're thinking about their own relationship going, well, we're too merged here or we're not merged enough here. And it's different. Well, and I could see like a guy who loves to play golf on the weekends and, you know, he's a really good dad and a really good husband, but golf is his kind of, kind of respite right. with his buddies. And then all of a sudden the wife says, you know what? I want to learn golf. Right. And I could see a guy being like, whoa, that's whoa. my world. Don't come in. Go play your own golf, but we're not going to do this together because this is my tribe time with my boys. And that is what I always try and use with Todd. I think the pillars was the thing that really helped you understand. But I always say, what if I came to work at JVI and I was mm-hmm. like, I'm the new salesman yeah. and I'm going to do exactly what you do. And you would, you you know, you'd be like, that wouldn't bother me. But I'm like, that's because it's not real. Yeah. And that's because you're not feeling it. Yeah. But golf is a good example. Or if I was like, oh, you and Kevin are going to go play pickleball. Well, I'm there too. And you would say, well, that's all right. Mm-hmm. But over time, it would be like, wait a second, I don't have pickleball with Kevin anymore. Yeah, I don't have. Um, People are like, what's pickleball? I know it's like uh, <laughs> it's like a combination between ping pong and tennis. Just it's so become you know. Todd's new passion. <laughs> he and Kevin love the pickleball. Um, so you know these are and these are the things that it's not. This is the human part. Is it's okay that I need my own thing and and moms or dads who's ever feeling this way. It's okay. It doesn't mean you're selfish. It doesn't mean that you don't love that the other you don't person. love the other person. I feel like to be the best person I can be, and as Todd knows, I ha- I'm I'm strong-minded in some ways, and that's who. If I wasn't this way, we wouldn't have had we wouldn't have a strong relationship as we do. Yeah. And so sometimes it shows up in a good way, and sometimes it shows up in difficulty. And um, you know, it's I a like process. It. I like it when it shows up in a good way. <laughs> All right, iTunes reviews. Okay. We got three of them. That's a big week for iTunes reviews. Thank you. Yes. Where's my, oh, my stupid Your jingle palette? I even tested it before the show went. (sighs) Um, So three reviews. One is by AMG2442, said it's simply amazing. Gave us, I think, five stars. Thank you. Um, Kathy Rouse gave us love ZPR. Thank Thank you, you. Kathy Rouse, with a C. With like me? Kathy with a C, by the way. And lastly, um, it says reaffirming my beliefs. And I think they gave us five stars. And it's from this nickname is already chosen from Australia. Okay. So thank you to you three uh, giving us iTunes reviews because that helps us um, broadcast, you know, make our show more uh, present, visible. visible. As I heard uh, them say on Dear Sugar the other day, we podcasters are at the mercy of iTunes algorithms. And for as much as we don't really like that, we get 
notoriety and get pushed up as far as more people can see us and we're more visible, the more iTunes reviews we get and five-star reviews. Or you know who said that? Sam Jones. Mm. We are at the mercy of the iTunes algorithm. So Todd and I try to not be too pushy on this show, but it really is, for those of you who are like, I listen, how can I support you guys? That's the way to do it. It just really helps... uh, Push us up. And we might end up giving you guys other opportunities to support us, but we'll save that for another show. Well, the conference. Well, the conference. And I have some other ideas that you actually gave me the green light to do, but I haven't pulled the trigger. It's Uh, the Patreon thing. Oh, yeah. Sweetie doesn't want to do that. We should have a podcast about that debate. Yes. Um, So our last partner is Jeremy Kraut, who was just at our house, and he's a bald-headed beauty. He's such a sweetie pie. And uh, general contractor painting, remodeling. Actually, he's doing both for us. He's remodeling and painting uh, throughout the Chicagoland area. His website is avidco.net. The website, uh, I'm sorry, his number is 630-956-1800, and he's awesome. What else you got, sweetie? I don't know. Did you get through all three of your things? No, I, I skipped one. Okay. Uh, because of, I brought up something, I guess. No, yes. you're good. Okay. I, mean, I felt like this is a pretty good show. Let's finish with some Peace Frog. I was just going to say, let's play The Doors again. Um, and then you can give some words of wisdom if you want. Or not. Or I'll sing. River of Sadness. I don't know what people want. Blood in the streets, it's up to my thighs. Sing with me, everybody. <laughs> you can't help but dance to Peace Frog. That's right. Hopefully we don't get sued by it. Yeah, maybe we should start turning in town off. And then she drove away. Sunlight in her hair. All right. Let's finish up. All right. Sweetie's nervous that we're going to get sued. No, I'm not really. Jim's all right. He's all right by me. He's on my vision board. I know. If he's on your vision board, then you can't have a problem. All right. See you guys. Have a good week. Bye. Thanks for listening, folks. Hope you felt outstanding. So there's some different ways you can support us. Um, one of them is by asking either Kathy or myself or maybe both of us to speak at your next event. Or you can also tell a friend about our podcast. If you ship Amazon, go through the link on zenparentingradio.com first. It doesn't cost you anything, but Zen Parenting will get a small commission. You can also buy any of Kathy's three amazing books through Amazon or our homepage. And if you're like me and you want to teach your children personal financial management, then use FAMZU. It's an amazing resource. It's a virtual family bank that will set your children on a path towards financial freedom. Click on the link on the lower right-hand side of our homepage to learn more. And if you're a Chicago guy and want to learn more about The Tribe, the men's group that I lead, go to thetribemensgroup.com. Do you want to grow your business by partnering with us? Shoot me an email, and you can also give us an iTunes review. Lastly, you can subscribe to our podcast through our homepage or iTunes directly. This will guarantee you're up to speed on the latest and greatest of Zen Parenting Radio. You can always send me an email at comments at zenparentingradio.com and I'll be happy to get back to you as soon as I can. Finally, we're thankful for all your support and encouragement and always remember that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. Keep trucking.